Hello and welcome to the Pop Culture Pause Cast. Obviously, I'm Mike, and it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Pause Cast if I didn't have my co-host Bill with me. Why the co-host? What? Why? Why? Why are you the hero? What? What? We're both the co-host. We're both the co-host. It's a. It's a. It's a. You know. It's a dual. It's a dual thing. It's a. It's a fifty-fifty situation. Every week we do this, and every week you make me sound like the smaller man of the two of us. I mean, it sounds more like your branding than mine, anyway. Well, exactly. So why am I the co-guy? Why am I the wingman? What well, is you, this? You'd, you'd refer to me as the co-host as well. That's just somehow you stroll in here. You take my branding. You take my logo. You you do a podcast, and you go, yeah, there you go. That's got the good bits of Bill. No, I'll lead. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we've got a special guest today, haven't we? We certainly have. Um, coming from. OLL. He is the creator. He has a gaming cafe. He has a YouTube channel and Twitch channel. And now he has a gaming convention. What has this man not done? John, how are you doing today? Hello, hello, hello. I have forgotten to live. (laughs) (laughs) I have no life. Everything else, but just forgot, you know, you know, all the important things in life. But no, hello. And thank you for having me. Yes, it's, right, it's good to have you here. Good. good stuff. We would love you on the show. We wanted to get you on the show a lot earlier, to be fair. I know. You know, obviously, my time is precious. Uh, so it's uh, it's finally the stars have aligned and we've finally been able to get together. Because we never get together for anything else, do we? No, no. no not, not once. This is <laughs> literally like the first time it's ever happened that we've ever been on a recording at the same time. It's amazing. It's a miracle. I mean, you're avoiding me. It's getting it's getting embarrassing. The amount you sort of ghost me now, John. Yeah, oh, the penny's <laughs> dropped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna talk about some of the big things that are coming up, John. We're gonna talk about your life. Not it's your life. I think um, you've got a few more years left in you yet before we get to that point. But um, we're gonna talk about a few things about what you've done. What, why you're doing it, and um, what kind of impact you want to leave on the world. Um, all right. And all that kind of stuff. As well as some other stuff and things about games and stuff. We might have a few questions, uh, you know, speed round that we might do at the end. Yeah, I think we, we could do that. Go for it. Hit me. So, so John, where where do you go from your mundane, like, just nine to five? What, what happens in your head when you think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a cafe and put consoles <laughs> in it. Like where did that where did that come from? So you you want my life story in a nutshell, okay? Um, so I well, give um, it, we've only got an hour, John. So don't go. Right, on, right. You've lived a long time, mate. We don't need to know about about your birth and what hospital you were born in. And okay, so in ter- in terms of career, yeah. Um, I started out stacking shelves at a supermarket when I was okay. sixteen. And instead of going to university, I got a full-time job at the supermarket. That was my first mistake. Okay. Uh, so instead of getting a degree and going into any kind of, you know, like a real job or anything, I had to climb the greasy pole of retail um, up to a, like a management level. And I right. hated I hated that for the 12 years that I worked in supermarkets. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I finally broke free uh, and got a job uh, as a manager for Game, the or what used to be a very popular gaming retail brand in the UK, which is still going in a smaller capacity. Um, 
So yeah, work very me politically up. correct way of putting that, John. Well done, well done. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. I, I can trash game later. Don't you worry. <laughs> we have plenty of things to go on that subject. Uh, so yeah, so I worked my up, worked my way up to a management level in a supermarket, um, and then but based more on experience rather than you know previous qualifications. I got the management job at Game, uh, and I was at Game for eight to nine years, I think it was something like that, about eight years. Uh, and during my time at Game. Uh, it got to the point where, you know, I we'd done everything we could do. And Bill, you'll know, because obviously this is how we met originally. Uh, and, you know, did all the big game launches, all the console launches. And I felt that there wasn't really much else to do. And looking at the, the shelf life of an area manager at game, there was really no incentive to work hard to progress to the next level up from being a store manager at game. Uh, I think the life expectancy of an area manager at game in the era that we were there was about six months, I think, Bill. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so Some, it, sometimes it was a, it was down to their fault more than anything else. But indeed. Yeah. So, uh, really, so it was really sort of like 2012, 2013, I first started. Yeah, it was about 2013. We had that massive year where we had The Last of Us, Grand Theft Auto V, and then the launch of PS4 and Xbox One. And I felt, right, I think I've seen everything that game retail can can do now uh and you know what do i do next because i don't want to move on to be an area manager and and that kind of thing it just wasn't appealing to me so i thought uh what could i do for myself i'd like to be my own boss basically i've fed up of having 10 different bosses in retail and you know such and such that i've had for so long and it was really a simple process of taking everything that i knew that i was experienced at I don't want to say good at, but experienced at, which was things like retail stock management um, and all the things that are done through the various departments at the supermarkets, like service-based stuff. So I ran the coffee shop for a while. I ran administration for a while, all that kind of stuff. So it was just a case of take everything that I knew about and then take my biggest interest or like my biggest hobby, which obviously was games, and then just mash them together. And so the thought of a gaming themed cafe come coffee shop was kind of a natural thing, really. Um, so it just came out of that. It wasn't like I didn't just sit down one day and think, right, what can I do and plan it all out? It was quite sort of organic how it just sort of came to me. And then from 2013 to 2016 was very much sort of researching the, the, the bits that I didn't really understand um very much more around things like food safety law and all those kind of background things that you have to know about to run a cafe all the boring stuff um and licensing and all that kind of stuff that took about three years to get the plan to a point where it was deemed you know where where i thought you know this is good enough for me to now take it you know to the next step and and make the leap and obviously the financial side of it as well saving up and whatnot and then 2016 um, I then got the business loan to get things started up. And then early 2017, I found the venue. And then April 17, I opened the venue. And here we are five years later. So um, take, me, take me back to that first day then. You've, you opened up your shop. Yeah. You, you, it, it, was there much fanfare? Did you sort of announce that you were coming or did you just open the doors and see what happens? What was the original well, sort of response? I, the business plan had a whole ton of like research in it because of course uh, five years ago it's a bit different now but five years ago 
gaming themed coffee shops and gaming venues, gaming cafes, there weren't really hardly any around. No. Uh, so I had to base my research very much on predictions. So from what I knew from from the game retail side of things, I knew the size of the market in terms of how many people are out there in the Norwich area that are interested in games, what are the online gaming communities like, what sort of size audience have I got to appeal to, and then work out if I was able to attract 5% uh, of that audience as customers to the cafe, would that be enough to make the cafe profitable? And the maths said yes, basically. Um, in terms of how I first sort of announced things and advertised it, uh, this was before Instagram. Um, Twitter was pretty crap at the time. It's never really got any better. But Facebook was huge and you could you could get such an outreach on Facebook at the time. It's not like it is now where if you want to get anything said on Facebook, you literally have to spend hundreds of pounds for a post to be seen regardless of how many people follow you. Uh, but we di I did like a... Uh, we had uh, a couple of members of staff, um, one dude called Luke, uh, who worked with us for a couple of years. He's now running his own animation studio, but he put together a little trailer video for us that we put onto Facebook and we did like a paid advertisement on it. Uh, and I did a £50 advert, which in today's money in terms of Facebook adverts is literally nothing. And it got sinned by 30,000 people, um, which was amazing. And that really sort of put us on the map locally in Norwich. Um, so we had a pretty decent outreach. We had about a thousand people following us on social media before we even opened. And then on the day that we opened, um, which was a, you know, it was a really scary day because you can do all the planning in the world, but you never know when you open the doors, if anyone's going to come in. Absolutely. Um, we did a couple of like test days. Um, I discovered Nintendo Norwich and the Norwich Amiga group quite early on. I went to a Nintendo Norwich event a couple of months before we opened the cafe. Uh, and that was where I first um, met Emily and said, oh, why don't you come and do your Nintendo events here instead of underground in this pub? Reel them in, John, really? Yeah, so, we thought, so we said, well, why don't we use Nintendo Norwich as like a test day, like a week before we open? So I can do things like, you know, work out things like, if there's any problems with things like cabling or just setups and space and things like that. So we did a couple of test, day, test days uh, and people came to it, which was great. And then on the day we opened, um, it was jam-packed and it hasn't been jam-packed every day since, but it's been busy enough for me to survive and to eat for the last five years. So well done, yeah, sir. It's done well done. Thanks, mate. It's, it's ridiculous. Because, you know, it, 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 it takes a lot to sort of step out of that um normality of you know you go apply for a job you get a job you do your best to to build bridges and that work relationship and then some you know for you to sort of break free of that and say no i'm going to be my own boss and i'm going to make my own business and do my own decisions that's that's that takes a lot of guts um to sort of get that done so well done sir yeah, Cheers, I think mate. I think it's admire I think when when people get into like their 20s and especially their 30s they can't I don't well it sounds a bit harsh but if people kind of just give up for the most part or just like <laughs> go well if they're not happy in their in their careers they kind of just go well I guess this is my life now and um it's very admirable to be at, at that age just to be like you know what I'm just going to pull my chips down because mm -hmm. I mean I mean me and me and Bella both still 
doing the daily grind in terms of working sort of mundane jobs, sort of desperately trying to, you know, <laughs> break out. But um, yeah, it's 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 extremely admirable that you've managed to sort of just put all your chips down and 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 you know it's 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 paid off. And I, w- I want to know. Um, so you've got your gaming cafe, you know, you're, you're promoting it, and you you've got you know your revenue coming in. So that could yep. e- easily have just been like uh, sort of this. You know, you could have just gone. Well, I'm happy doing this. This is it now. Where did the um, sort of uh, the YouTube channel, the Twitch streaming, that sort of element of it, where did that sort of come from? Um, It's a natural progression um, as generally anything to do with video games now, it's it goes through multiple channels, doesn't it? You know, if you want to look if you want to look up anything about a new game, Mm -hmm. um, you've got written media, you've got video media, you've got audio podcasts etc there's so many different avenues now where people get their game information from and where they like to spend their time and what communities they like they want to to be in to discuss their games and 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 share their share their hobby and share their passion Mm. um and so it was a natural extension that we acted we were very much promoting ourselves as a community hub like we're the place to come if you like games, come here and meet people, come to our community events, come to our tournaments, that kind of yeah. stuff. And then it seemed silly that people could then come and meet us at the cafe, but then they couldn't then talk to other people until the next time they came to the cafe. So it was quite obvious. We thought, well, let's just make ourselves some sort of a group where people can come together. Yeah. So we we then started a Facebook group in addition to our Facebook page where people come and just, you know, chat stuff and whatnot. Um, then that led on to us doing things like when we were doing our tournaments, we would start to record things and you would do little video clips for your social media again, just to promote the cafe in general. Yeah. And then it's like, well, where do we put these video clips? Oh, well, let's have a YouTube channel. We'll put all our clips on there. And it's like, oh, we've got a YouTube channel now. Why don't we use that to promote ourselves and for the community to, to get involved with things. And so we started doing shows and, um, longer videos and like highlights from events and stuff like that uh and then of course we got to sort of 2019 2020 and then we had the whole lockdown thing in 2020 and that was really then when we started to really be a bit more serious about the live streaming side of things because obviously everyone was all stuck at home it's what everyone was doing uh and so those channels we've just tried to keep up the focus that we put down in 2020 for the online content yeah that's now growing into the discord community that we've got as well and now here we are with multiple channels with twitch and youtube and discord and facebook and instagram's doing well now i even use twitter these days uh tiktok's a bit of a push though um but maybe (laughs) maybe one day but there's a there's a there's a limit to how much one person can do and i'm already well beyond that limit uh, but as the community grows, uh, and as you guys know, you know, we've started to bring in people from our community that, you know, are familiar with us and, and in, in, you know, our beliefs and what we stand for and our interests in terms of games and bringing those people into actors, hosts for the shows and hosts for the live streams and things like that. So it is really starting to grow now from a community point of view, which is really, so, really nice. So from to that, I think that's the important thing here because we live in a world now, like you say, where everybody's online, everybody's got something to sell, everybody's got something they're working on and they want people to buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Discord servers, no matter how big or small you are, and community, you know, Facebook groups and everything else like that. Um, 
if you were to sort of explain to somebody fresh, somebody who might have visited the cafe maybe once or twice or anything like that, what makes the OLL community different from everything else that's out there, or what 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 else do, do, does OLL do? Um, that's a good question. Tough one. <laughs> that is a tough question. Oh, we're completely unique and completely unlike everybody else. Um, I think the the main thing for us is that we're not. Um, when, when we talk about our cafe, obviously the cafe is unique for people that are local to us here in Norwich. Yeah. Uh, we're the only place of its kind, and there's not many places like that no. uh, close to us or indeed in, in other places. Um, so from a cafe perspective, obviously we have that unique appeal that we are a physical safe space that anyone can come to to share their enjoyment of games, whether they're coming just on their own to chill out or whether they're coming as a group of friends or whether they're going to hire the whole place, do a big... Uh, event of their own whether they run a you've community got, you've got your sort of base haven't you unlike yeah. a lot of communities which is this kind of you know floating thing in the middle of nowhere yeah. you've actually got somewhere you can actually physically go and and yeah. hang out with the people there's there's stuff i hear about especially like youtube communities where people have to arrange fan meets of mm-hmm. people because there is no place to go whereas you've you've already kind of done that and with the conference and things coming up you you're mm-hmm. You've already got that kind of 360 bit. You're already miles ahead of a lot of people where you've you've got these groups and meets up coming up in the future, haven't you? Yeah, we're quite fortunate with that. And when you look more towards like the online side of things that we do now, uh, we have that benefit of, you know, people have met face to face in the cafe. Of, but of course, there's a lot of people now that follow us online that aren't local to Norwich but what we've tried to do is keep that community feel within our groups um, by doing things like having community people host streams host our weekly OLL show that kind of thing so uh, yeah I'd say that that's probably you know the the unique thing about what we do in terms of an online sense but now that's obviously now expanding uh, into more of a back to a physical presence with the large events business model that we're now starting to move into in addition to what we do as well now so we've kind of built the small community with the cafe that's now grown with the support of the online community and now we're kind of bringing all of our cafe schedule and regular events and activities and the online community all together in one physical space for OLL 22. Yeah so essentially where a lot of communities are you know they have to build their brand first they build their audience and then they think about maybe doing meetups or conventions or something like that you've already sort of 10 steps ahead um where the community is growing and those facilities are already there so mm-hmm. if and i can't imagine you you're thinking past april 9th and 10th of OLL 22 <laughs> no. but if the next conference you do is further up north or or things of that nature you've already got all those those things in place so anyone who joins the community now can look forward to these meets that could be spreading through the rest of the uk maybe or um that they've got those those central hubs to actually meet the personalities behind Mm -hmm. ol and also the community that exists um yeah exactly that i mean i wouldn't want to go i wouldn't want to go as far to say as oh my god yeah now we're going to do a convention every month in a different city all over the country you know that would be amazing and obviously that you know maybe a few a lot many years down the line but of course yes once ol22 is is done with then literally the day after we'll be booking it again for the following year uh and if we can then we'll try and 
do another event, say, instead of waiting a year for the next one, we'll do it in one year's time again in Norwich, but we might think, say, in six months' time, we might try and do one in, say, Ipswich or Kings Lynn or Cambridge, kind of like the next big city in our area. Um, and then if you can do an event every six months, then obviously, again, it's a greater outreach. And then if that's then a success, then you bring in more people and then you try and do an event every three months and then you try and have it so in three months you'll have, say, you know, one in Norwich, three months later Cambridge, three months later Ipswich, three months later Colchester, and gradually work through it that as you grow the team and grow the events as it goes through. But obviously that's uh, a, a long way off for, for my thinking at the moment. My my focus is literally on the next three weeks and nothing else at the minute. Um, but then, of course, we still have to think about what, what that means for the cafe as well. Does that still look the same if we're doing a completely different business model? Uh, I don't know, we've got all these things to decide this year. It's exciting stuff. And like I say, early adapters, uh, or adopters, sorry, that's the right terminology, <laughs> who, who, who join the OLL community will be able to say they're like an OG member and be able to be there, say, I was there when it was growing, you know? So um, it's exciting stuff, exciting stuff. Yes, we have our, we definitely have um, a, a core fan base, shall we call them, um, uh, a group of wonderful people who will religiously uh, be in our Discord every day. They'll watch, you know, all of our shows, all of our videos. And, you know, it's it's those guys that have helped to promote, you know, as much as we promote word of mouth and people saying, come and look at this, come and look at that. You know, that's just as important and in most cases more effective than us doing an advert or something like that ourselves. It's very much people inviting their friends to the community as well. You know, you just send out a Discord invite link or whatever. Uh, but that core group of people that we have in the Discord have been so important to us in the last couple of years in terms of growing us to the point where, you know, we now have all this visibility across different channels. And I think looking ahead again to the convention, we're now starting to, to network with larger content creators and other games communities that have, yeah. you know, different interests and they work in different ways. And that can only be a good thing for expanding, you know, our outreach to, to other people and other games players stuff i think um i think one of the one of the best things about the oll community is kind of like the there's almost like a it's almost like in a sense everybody pitches in so everyone believes in the idea of what oll uh, games represents you know this community this um almost like call to action for all these people who who might feel like they're the only person in their in their you know friendship groups who cares about games or the only person who like matters and it's like everyone is just so on board to help out with pretty much everything whether it's doing mm -hmm. moderating on twitch streams whether it's you know um you know helping out with video content whether it's putting stuff on social media it's like everyone who it's almost like everyone who decides to join the community they might start off sort of just talking about a game that they like but it's not long before they kind of get swept in and try and do whatever they can to help which is you know kind of what's happened to me and, and bill and other people sort of in that john makes it look so easy that's what it is and everyone's like i could yeah. do that i could do that no problem um, I can assure you, it is not easy. Even, <laughs> and even though you know a, a lot of our a lot of our sort of public facing or a lot of 
what I'll put as OLL speaking, so to speak, because obviously my name in our Discord is OLL. Uh, and so generally when we comment in the Discord, you know, people will obviously respond to us because, you know, they, they know who we are as the, so so to, so to speak, ringleader. Um, it's, uh, it's so nice to see the level of, of, of interest and kind of appreciation that we have from the community. It's really nice. Uh, but it, you know, in all honesty, and this can sound a bit cheesy, but the community is no longer controlled by me um, and the core OLL team. It's absolutely run by the community itself now. You know, you've only got to look at one sort of uh, chat group on a video or, or 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 a post that we've done somewhere, and it just takes a life of its own, you know. But this is something that um, that I wanted to say actually on on your show uh, was again in terms of like the appreciation that i have for the members of the community one of the things that i really like about ol is that obviously i love video games i've played games you know as long as i can remember but at, you know when you reach 41 years old you don't have as much time particularly when you're trying to run a business and like 20 different social channels you don't have the time to enjoy you know every game the games industry is so huge and, and diverse now you couldn't possibly enjoy every single game uh and i absolutely love it when and i know i keep using discord for examples but it's a good example to make is you'll see someone in the discord talk about like how you were saying like they say oh i've got this game or i've been playing this game and i really enjoy it and some people will go onto it and go um yeah i've heard about this game haven't had a chance to try it yet what's it like and then someone will explain what it's like and you know you get that nice little chat going but one of the things that i like to see and it's not something i don't ever comment on it or anything because i like to just kind of lurk and just watch it happen but yeah. people will um people will say they'll they'll be talking about something that that they enjoy and it's just nice for me to see that someone is enjoying something and I can kind of enjoy it as well through them, mm. if that makes sense. So say, for example, uh, speedrunning. Um, I love the concept of speedrunning. I'm crap at games, so therefore not very good at speedrunning, um, other than maybe, you know, the odd one or two titles here and there. But I can look at the speedrunning group and I can see all the chat from all these guys that are running different games um i can see you know we've got someone in our discord who's like massively into speed running doom and they might not get loads of comments and stuff in response to what they're talking about but i can see that everyone's reading about it and enjoying what they're putting on there and i can appreciate that level of enjoyment that this person has for their game because they're happy to to tell other people about it um and so it's we're just it's just nice to see what other people are up to um, you know, with 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 their hobby, I think that's the other great thing about OLL is is the twofold thing is that you've created this environment, this safe environment that, like you say, you don't necessarily have a hands on thing with, but you are certainly there, um, you know, overseeing to make sure that no one's mistreated or or talked down to. Try to, but yeah, yeah. You, you've also got all these other areas that you've opened up. You know, there's uh, there's anime locations. There's people talking about books. Thing mm -hmm. they they share stuff that they've created, and you've almost created this kind of, although it's a video game themed kind of environment, you still opened it up for other people to share their interests, talk about it in this in this um, safe environment, 
but also maybe um, expose themselves to things that they might be interested in, but didn't know how to start. Mm. So myself, I was always interested in doing a YouTube channel. When I saw that you were doing it and I learned from you what was possible, that then opened up and, ex and expanded everything I did. Um, and I was taught from you and then it, members of the community helped me learn. Um, and now we're just sharing things all the time, aren't we? There's always mm. somebody sharing someone or got something to say and it, someone's chipping in sort of checking out it is it's, it's, it's really cool it's, it's a cool sort of thing to be a part of yeah there's there's a lot of crossovers um because you know not not everyone um likes just video games and nothing else chances are you like something else in life as well be that a um uh, you know whether that's films tv music uh wrestling anime whatever there's a lot of uh crossover uh from a lot of you know pop culture things you know um, video does that, doesn't it? It's what video games is yeah. just. But then you know, gaming as an industry, it it bleeds into so many other things as well, and it's not just you know you can buy a game based on this film or a game based on this uh, TV franchise or whatever. Um, yeah, it goes across all all media now, doesn't it? And the industry itself invokes so many different industries as part of like the creative process of creating games that there is that natural crossover for other interests, and so. We try to, while we obviously generally will focus on games, we like to provide those, you know, those areas off to the side, so to speak, that people can can use for, you know, sharing their interests and other things. And again, introducing people to new stuff, which is great. Well, we talk talk about um, cross crossovers. Um, I want to I want to briefly discuss um, a cer certain game franchise crossed with a certain um, hobby. And I want yes. to talk about your F1 collection because it is absolutely <laughs> nuts. <laughs> um, I don't know if we've got time okay. on this one show. You might this... have to... I think, Mike, you've just turned it into a two-par, my friend. Where did this come from? So I... Where, what, what made you think I'm going to collect essentially every F1 game in existence? Yeah. Uh, so uh, outside of video games, uh, one of my... Uh, biggest interest is Formula One and motorsport. Okay. Um, I followed F1 again pretty much since around about the same time I started liking games, really, sort of like eight, nine years old. Yeah. Um, I've always liked driving games and racing games and arcade games, you know, Outrun, Daytona, Sega Rally, been through them all. I've played just about every major racing game there is going. Yeah. These days, these days I'm big into my sim racing. As you, I have a sim racing, hig, sim racing rig sitting beside me here. Uh, which is a money pit. Don't ever start it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it got to the point where uh, I realized, hold on a minute, I've got like, you know, I've bought just about every F1 game, you know, each year as it's come out. And I started thinking to myself, well, I might as well collect all of the PlayStation 1 games as I've got eight of them here at the cafe. I might as well buy the other two and then I can say I've got all the PS1 games at the cafe. Um and then it was like, oh, how many games are there on PS2? Because I've got half of those games at the cafe because we get donations and I buy things through the cafe and stuff. And it's like, well, if I had just like another four, I'd have all the PS2 games as well. And then it was like, oh, well, I've now got all the PS1 games and all the PS2 games. I might as well buy all the PS3 and PS4 games as well. And that could say I've got all of the PlayStation games from all eras. And then that moved into, well, if I've got PlayStation, I might as well get Xbox as well. And then it was like, well, if I've got Xbox, I might as well get like all the retro stuff, so like the Sega stuff and what was on the SNES. And I loved the old 16-bit games. 
That's Sounds kind like of you're describing any person yeah. who's ever decided yeah. to collect anything it, ever. It just, <laughs> it just kept going and going and going. And then I ended up making myself a big Excel spreadsheet at about 100 different games on it. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe there's 100 F1 games. And then I started looking at, hold on a minute, there's actually unlicensed F1 games as well that have got F1 cars, but not official F1 cars. Uh, and it's like, well, that's going to make the list twice as much, twice as big now. Uh, and it got to the point where I bought so many games that i had to buy extra shelving at home um <laughs> and uh yeah the spreadsheet the spreadsheet is now six tabs long uh but anyway i think i've gone on enough um there are currently 546 games worldwide i own Jesus. 359 of them um that figure normally changes every week or so is there a <laughs> like up, a, up a golden goose sort of thing like that one game that you look at and you go you look at the price and you think i ain't getting yeah. that anytime <laughs> soon there's got to be uh, some sort of really obscure ones out there's there. there's about 50 of them generally most of them, they're like fifa games in most cases you know you can pick up most of them for like pennies you know yeah but there's a lot of like japanese exclusive ones that are very hard to get hold of but one of the ones that uh, i've had my eye on for some time uh, it's a game called Vroom. Uh, okay. Vroom. Vroom was made in around about 1991. Okay. And it was actually bought by Domark, who then actually put the official license on it, and it became the official F1 game for 1993. Okay. But the original version, which was on the Atari and the Commodore and uh, some other old-school system... Um, you could buy it... Uh, yeah, that original Vroom game, it was only available in France... Uh, and that's a that's about four hundred pounds uh, for a tiny little cardboard box, terrible <laughs> with a stupid three and a half inch floppy disk in it. Um, but then they made some DLC which gave extra tracks for them, and they are even more rare. But on eBay right now, somewhere, someone has got the PC version of this room game and the DLC box, but it's about nine hundred pounds. Um, I've got a couple of the Vroom games, but I haven't got this PC version with the DLC. So if anyone's feeling generous, um, eBay Vroom on PC with DLC. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, you can get in touch on Discord for your, all your donations. Thank you. <laughs> I think when you... Thank you for letting me indulge myself. I think when you've got a spreadsheet, you know you've actually become a full-time collector on something oh mate i've got to split into worldwide regions and countries and <laughs> levels of interest and uh how how badly i want them as well in like preference order <laughs> i've got little i've got little filters so i can put them into quality of box art and um which drivers are featured on box art it's it's quite pathetic but it's, it's a it. deep tunnel guys if you're listening and you're it's, thinking about collecting gone, tunnel, mate, as soon as I'm, you bust I'm out lost. the web you know if excel comes out you know you're a collector <laughs> coming from someone who does it similar than myself so john this might sound like a silly question but there must be at some point when you were sitting there and you go right i'm gonna open a game cafe but did you like your other love as f1 did you ever sit there and go i wonder if an f1 cafe would work <laughs> actually yes there you go 100 <laughs> percent um it's an idea that uh i've 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 wanted to do it since running the cafe is to basically do exactly what we do at the cafe where you come in there's a bunch of tellies on the tables and you play your games but instead of being just um you know all consoles and stuff it would be racing simulators okay. uh, there are a couple of there are a couple of venues that do such a thing but the only thing is is just the price of setting it up is ridiculous because you would need to have monster pcs like monster setups that are way better than anyone can get at home 
uh, and it's just a very expensive thing to set up and the business model doesn't quite work for it. But I got to the point where I actually inquired uh, at the Snetterton race circuit, which is like halfway between uh, Norwich uh, and like Thetford. Yeah. Um, and so I actually inquired because they actually have commercial units on site there. Uh, and I inquired how much it would cost to actually set something up there. Uh, and the actual uh, venue price would have actually been pretty decent. I thought, oh, I have a sim racing set up at a racetrack. That would be amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it went the other way. <laughs> so oh, maybe one day. Maybe come back to once you've built your uh, Yeah, your maybe empire. one day. Maybe one day. Maybe. That's it. Watch this space. Join the Discord and hear more. <laughs> yes, if you like your sim rating, come and join. Yeah, we, have, we haven't got a sim rating channel on the Discord. I might have to fix that. Yeah, I think I, at this stage, I think I might still be the only person in there. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, in, I'm into my arcadey stuff, so if we can talk about that in there, you've got a second member. We just make it racing games. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, I love the arcade racing games as well, as much as I like the sim stuff, uh, for sure. You, you can't beat a good bit of, you know, Daytona or Burnout or Outrun or anything like that, you know. Now, re- regards to the cafe, I've always been interested. What, like, yeah. what are the sort of, like, the trends that you notice in terms of, like, what consoles do people tend to gravitate towards or what games? Like, what tends to sort of be... What what kind of game are you always reaching for to to set up or, or console or, or anything like that? Um... Oh, it's a really depressing answer, unfortunately. It's all Fortnite Minecraft. Um, <laughs> for, for for the kids, at least. You know, yeah. the, the kids the kids like what they like, and, you know, you can't blame them for it. They, they just don't know any better. But obviously, Fortnite is, <laughs> is the big one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, things like Minecraft, those evergreen titles that yeah, everyone plays. But um, to the, the most popular console, for, for want of a better term, our OLL community customers and you know the events and w- when adults come in it's it's always the multiplayer um party stuff so mario kart smash mario pie literally anything on switch put it this way when we opened on day one when we first opened we had one switch in the cafe and two months later we had four switches in the cafe <laughs> um because the demand was just so high for for the nintendo stuff you know um, I, I think it's was... like everything else. You've got to go with the trends, aren't you? The trends are going to be set yeah. for you. You've got to go where the market is. I think you're going to have your casual people. You know, the people that are going to come in and be your bread and butter. In any industry, you'll have casual players of all casual experiences. But I think there must be that that heartwarming part as well, where you get those hardcore people that come in and play things that you grew up with, and sort of that one kid oh, yeah. in the corner, and you go. Oh, see that kid's switched on. They're playing some decent stuff. It's awesome when you come in. It's like, oh, look, this guy, this guy wants to do some Tony Hawks or some Ninja Gaiden, or um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get out like some like classic fighting game stuff. You know, they want to do Streets of Rage. They want to do Fatal Fury. They want to try out old school stuff, Shinobi and things like that. And I do like it when the sixteen bit stuff comes out, as obviously you know that for me was the golden era. For me, that's how I fell in love with games was through that 16-bit generation uh, and 8-bit as well to an extent. Uh, so yeah, it's always great to see the retro stuff come out. And uh, you see some kids that are into it. You know, there's plenty of uh, younger people in our community that are very well versed in the retro side of things. Um, 
some kids just can't be reached though it's just Fortnite fifa <laughs> and and that's it that's the limit but hey ho <clears throat> that's the world we live in i try I, I try to change the world but you know <laughs> it might kind of like blame the parents <laughs> exactly 100 percent uh, but yeah, you know, we, we do kids parties and some parties, you know, it's just wall to wall Fortnite. Yeah. And then other parties there, you get groups that are just co- like completely trying new things. And it's all, you know, it's a proper retro fest. And it's like, oh my God, what's that? And it's like, they see an N64 controller for the first time. And they're like, they can't comprehend how to use the N64 controller. The meme is quite real on that one. Um, you, you, probably, you bring up a, a, a valid point as well there. I, I, uh, <laughs> I've been witness to your birthday parties that you run at the event. Um, and it's it's pretty chaotic. There's a lot going on. <laughs> However, if I was a kid growing up in Norwich, that I would I would want my birthday there every month because <laughs> oh, that, totally. you, you created this area for birthdays where um, you can have wall to wall Smash Brothers. I, I I growing up was the the guy who had to buy four controllers and pile every run around this tiny little yeah. TV to sort of play stuff. Go into your cafe. You got eight player Smash Brothers. Some of those kids are experiencing that for the first time, and they're, yeah. they're blown away by that. Well, a lot of kids don't even play split screen multiplayer. They think when they think of multiplayer, they think online. Uh, the fact that you can do two people on the same screen is a novelty to some of these kids, which yes. is it's it's crazy for me to get my head around that. But so many kids are used to just simply you know multiplayer. It means you know online for those guys. I think uh, it's, so to be able to do it side by side where we can link screens together and stuff, yeah, they love it. I think also one of the best things about the cafe itself is the fact that, like, I've I've gone to when I've gone to the cafe, it's very much been like I feel like I can, you know, people in the community I can walk to, walk up to who I I, you know, barely know if know at all, and I can just say, do you, do you want to play some Mario Party? And then we'll just sit down, you know, sitting down with complete strangers and, and, and playing games together, which is such a nice, you know, such a, a, a lovely atmosphere. Because I think, every, especially since sort of lockdown and stuff, everyone's felt so isolated. So it's really nice to go to this place, especially when, you know, most companies and stuff don't really support um, couch co-op. It's it's so nice to be able to sort of sit down and 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 experience those those games with a person next to you because I think that's so so much better. I mean, we know when we've done like our kart racing um, videos on on your channel, yeah. um, but there's just so, such a different and I think better atmosphere sitting next to someone that you're playing with, and I think that's one of the great things about the cafe. Yeah, I think OLL is sort of like uh, the evolution of the arcade scene so for anyone who's never wasn't you know alive back then when arcades and you sort of walk in you somehow had to find 10 p's lined up so you could actually have a go on anything (laughs) if not you kind of sat in a seat and you moved the steering wheel pretending that the demo was you playing (laughs) or um you watch you watch loads of people walking around and you sort of watch them play street fighter and all of that kind of stuff and you just think oh man i wish i would i had the chance to get that good um, you've you've taken where the arcade scene sort of died a death because they didn't know how to evolve it, and then the arcades are still there. They're still using the same thing that was popular in the eighties and early nineties. You've evolved that by turning it into a cafe. You've still got that kind of following and that kind of atmosphere, but it's in a nicer sit down, have you know, take your shoes off, chill out kind of atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, you know, arcades, um, you know arcades in terms of how we remember them uh are 
long gone because it used to be a case of you go to the arcade to be able to play the things that you can't get at home. But obviously in sort of, I don't want to put an exact year on it, but it was about sort of like a 1999-2000 Dreamcast era. Yeah, yeah. That was where you could have at home the same quality as what you had in the arcade. But once we had that flip and online gaming came into play uh, in like early 2000s, then, you know, arcades just, just died a death. And there are some successful arcades out there, like bespoke arcades that don't do anything else. But they definitely, they they are successful because of the nostalgia element. You know, we went, literally, we went to one a couple of weeks ago together and it's all the retro arcade games that are the most popular that draw people in, that nostalgia factor. Whereas you look at a modern arcade these days and it's all very much based around more sort of physical things rather than necessarily being video games. They are very much more sort of like party games. They're much more physical. Everything's got its own unique control scheme, that kind of stuff. But they're also part of a larger venue so they're like a bowling alley or or they're a cinema or, or similar yeah um, or they have your coin they, machines or your, yeah. your claw machines and yeah. that unless you're talking like you know you know one-off places in like you know birmingham london tokyo stuff like that but you know in an average town or an average city um you know the the modern arcade thing just simply doesn't work so um as with every business in the uk you slap a coffee shop on it and uh, it seems to work so we've done all right <laughs> But yeah, but like I said, you can still sort of come along and you, there'll be somebody who knows something about a game. Um, you know, back back when I was in our case, there was someone playing Street Fighter and he taught me some stuff I didn't know about. We sort of passed that information along. Me and Mike are thinking about um, meeting up in the cafe because uh, to play Streets of Rage because Mike didn't grow up with Streets of Rage. I know a few things to get past some of the AI. So you've still got that kind of... Well, 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 hold, hold on, hold on a second. What, what do you mean, Mike? What? Oh yeah, go you tell him Mike. Go on. Mike, you not play Streets of Rage? I, I never grew up with a with a Sega console, and I I, I grew up with playing Call of Duty games because I thought that was the that was the way to go. Oh, I was one of if if I was if lamb. I was ten years younger, John, I'd be in your cafe playing Fortnite. Dude. It's only because I've educated myself and realised that you know re- retro games. I've are never had so much better. sympathy for one individual, Mike. <laughs> You, well, hope though, John, you saved this man. You've you've actually made him see the light of better games. This is it. Don't this give up, it. John. You're doing good work, son. That's what I'm here for. I'm here, I'm here to champion the good games. That's what we need. We need some sort of tagline, I think, for OLL. Yeah. We're here for the good games. OLL, come play some good games. <laughs> you know what? I like it. I like that. It's, Let's um let's um ridicule the bad games as well though because yeah. that's always fun. <laughs> well, I, I like I, the thing about that line. Let's come play some good games. That's open for interpretation. So it's a good good enough tagline to get away with it, but still be cheeky. Yeah. All right. Oh, games. Fortnite is double the money. Come, <laughs> come play the good games. All right. <laughs> let's do it. Write it down before we forget. Like everything else, we come up with. <laughs> oh, I like it. So so John, hypothetically. Say OLL twenty two finishes and you think you know what, I've I've done well. I'm just going to give myself a day to do whatever hell I want. Just a me yep. day to which you got to do, man, because you just you you're you're a bloody workhorse. So I'm actually taking two weeks off after <laughs> OLL. So <laughs> after the convention. So, okay, so, uh... okay. Let's, um, so over those two weeks, what are you planning on on doing? What's your sort of um, I'd, I'd like to say that I'm going to have a well-earned rest, not think about work for a little while. Um, maybe, um, you know, a few sort of nice days out, go go for a walk, 
yeah. sit, get some fresh air. But no, I'm going to play Elden Ring because I've been waiting for that for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I've Do you been get waiting... sick of games, like seeing them all the time? That's like asking you the same question. No, of course not. Yeah, but you're on my show, so I get to ask it. But there's, there's, there's a game for every occasion, isn't there? But no, I bought yeah. Elden Ring when it came out and I keep thinking, I want to start it. I've done the character creation. I've just got out into the world. I've done a little intro bit. Um, and I keep thinking, but you know, I, I've got to wait until I've got the time where I can properly dedicate myself. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, to be fair, though, the convention plan, that I started planning, planning the convention more than two years ago now. So it will be nice to just have it, you know, out of mind for yeah. for some time. As obviously, you know, it is a lot. It's it is a lot of work, uh, and as much as we are on course and all set, um, I am horrifically stressed with it all. <laughs> um, but working through it all, and I'm sure it will be fine. But yeah, very much looking forward to the rest. Um, but aside from playing games, I'm probably I'm just gonna just probably just have some like radio silence from <laughs> the internet for a short while i think yeah, that's what enough. i'd like uh so i'll let the core ol community guys look after the 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 streams and the discords for a little while and give myself a little a little bit of myself time and maybe play some of these f1 games that i've bought and never opened <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh don't open them john you'll devalue them actually having said that actually i'm I don't think I'd be able to do it straight away in April, but um, going to an F1 race, I think that's probably what I'm going to try and do that this year. That sounds like a good idea. Which everyone needs to do at least once in their life because it's amazing. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. So when you went, when you, um, obviously you've got your cafe, you've got your online um, following and all that. Where, yep. do, where, where does, does is that just a natural thing? Like, oh, I fancy making having a gaming convention, you know? sort of a, um, a bigger way to bring yeah, it together, it, a couple of reasons really um first of all part of the original business plan for the cafe was that after two years we would have made enough money and saved up enough money to put a deposit down for a second venue to open a second venue for the cafe okay um that didn't happen because of business and life and business is much harder than the books tell you that it is um, yeah. And I was working 24-7 anyway. I couldn't possibly do that. No. So the plan of having 10... Because the business plan says that if I had 10 cafes for 10 years, I'd be a millionaire. Um, looking at my bank balance today, I can tell you that that's not how it works. <laughs> Despite what the maths said in the business plan, yeah. the books lied to me. Uh, but I knew that expanding into multiple sites was probably going to be too much of a risk for mm. for what i was prepared to to, to, to risk and to take on particularly like financially let alone the time it would take but we were at that point where and this is before lockdown and pandemic and everything we were at the point where when we were doing a uh, a smash tournament or a nintendo norwich me or an amiga group me a retro game night whatever we simply couldn't fit enough people into the cafe you know we've only got 30 chairs but we would potentially have 50 people want to sign up for a Smash tournament because mm -hmm. Smash Ultimate had just come out and stuff like that. So it was clear that we needed to do something on a larger scale. And then it was really just a case of thinking, well, what if we just did all of the scheduled things that we do every Friday, Saturday, Sunday each month and just give them all a, an area of their own and just do it all on one roof over a weekend? And it was like, oh, well, that would actually be a convention, wouldn't it? So... 
I looked into different venues and looked up how much the costs would be for it. And it all kind of went from there. And most of the original planning was done during that lockdown period in 2020, uh, where we were basically live streaming and future of all businesses and, you know, small businesses. It was like, well, everyone's dropping like flies because of the um, pandemic. I'm talking in a business sense, sorry. Uh, and it was it was right there uh, but from a, from a business sense people, you know, you people were going out of business all over the place and it was like you know it, it's a very real possibility that the ol isn't going to get past that in its current incarnation we don't know how long uh the pandemic's going to go on how long we're going to be closed for how long furlough pay is going to go for so it's like right i need to have another business model here i need to have another plan for what ol can become because you don't make any money out of Twitch streams or YouTube or Discord, you don't make any money out of that unless you've got millions of followers. But, you know, we certainly don't have that at all. We're very much still small scale in, in that respect. So yeah. it yeah. was, it was again, a natural evolution of what could we do with the tools and the community that we had. Uh, and then the convention was born. And then it got, we booked a date for December 2020. Uh, that got delayed. We booked January 2021, that got delayed. We booked December 2021, that got delayed. We booked January 2021, that was delayed. And now we're, uh, uh, yeah, 22. And now we're April 22, and it's the train is going so fast that it can't stop now. So it's definitely taking place on the 9th and 10th of April. What a journey. What a journey. In it just, in it just. I think but it's we... probably for the better, though, in, you know, not just because you've had more preparation time. But it's also like the community, I imagine when you, with that first date that you had booked compared to what it is now, it's grown so much more. I imagine that it would have been a lot small, definitely a lot smaller scale had you sort of done Oh yeah, we, we wouldn't have been able to, to sell the tickets that we've done and attract the guests that we've got and all of the community groups, you know, if we hadn't have had the cafe for five years up until now grown the online community to get that level of interest so that when we first marketed and announced the convention that there was enough people in our audience to actually see what we were doing um and you know to to respond to the promotion that we've done if we'd have tried to have done that um you know in like 2020 and say are oh, the events taking place in a couple of months time that you know just wouldn't have worked at all so it's very much the result of the the growth that we've had from the community in the last five years, for sure. It certainly wouldn't happen otherwise. Um, and it's certainly not something that I could have done, say, in 2017 when the cafe first opened. There's no way I could have gone straight into like an events business model simply because you would have no audience. There'd be no one there to respond or to market to. But now that we have that audience kind of, you know, there in, in some respect, um, we can then, uh, you know, target these people and say look what we've got for you please buy a ticket so that i can continue to eat throughout 2022 <laughs> that's your that's your major marketing campaign is feed john buy a ticket if, feed if john. i eat at the end of the week i know it's been worth my time <laughs> <laughs> so when, when it comes to ol 22 can you explain sort of what it is what it entails uh, who's going to be there sort of dates that sort of thing certainly can so ol 22 is 
the I believe it's the first of its kind for Norwich. Um, it is obviously hosted by OLL Games, Norwich's biggest gaming community, and we're going to be celebrating the biggest and best of the region's gaming scene on the 9th and 10th of April at the Norfolk Showground Arena, which is the biggest indoor exhibition area in the county. We're going to be supported by loads of gaming communities, including the Centre for Computing History, and a huge gaming area will be provided by ourselves, Nintendo Norwich, Norwich Retro Gamers, Norwich Amiga Group, Last Level Games, Norwich VR Escape Rooms, It's Much More, and Joypad. You can expect casual games, high score challenges, competitions, and that'll be from like 80s right through to uh, most up-to-date recent consoles. We've got the largest Smash Bros tournament that Norwich has ever seen as well. And then we've got a main stage on which we're going to have loads of invited guests as well, such as Ashen's Up Is Not Jump, Nostalgia Nerd, DigiNo Gaming, Super Happy Kill Time, Trista Bites. There is literally, ooh, let's look at this, at least 30 guests that we've got. I couldn't possibly name them all. There will be a big video games quiz taking place on the Sunday in which you can win a PS5 and an Xbox Series X. And our grand finale is provided by Wi-Fi Wars. And they're the team behind Dave TV's Go 8-Bit. There'll be a live stream throughout the weekend as well. Tabletop gaming areas, food and drink, literally everything you could hope for from a video games themed convention. Thank you for letting me plug it all. You can get your tickets now, though, if you wouldn't mind at ollgames.co.uk. Thank you very, very much. There's my spiel. Sounds like a man who's maybe done that once or twice. I've, I've done the speech a few times, yes. Yeah. <laughs> once or twice. Once or twice. Great stuff. You got anything else? Do you want to go through with Mike? Or should I give John the famous Fast Fire five questions? Yes, that one. That one? Okay, yes. are you ready, John? I'm ready for whatever this is. Okay, I'm going to give you far, five quick-fire questions, and you've got to answer as quickly as you possibly can before going on to the next one. Okay. Okay, and it's got to be, say, the first thing that comes to your head. All right? Okay. Okay, are you ready? Yep. Best video game franchise of all time? Final Fantasy. Uh, worst controller ever made? N64. Best console ever? PlayStation 1. Most anticipated game or DLC that you wish would come? Um, Formula One Classic Mode. I thought you were going to say Smash Cart. What is this? <laughs> well, Smash Cart's going to happen, so I don't really wish for it. I know that it's inevitable. That's fine. Okay. Because singles, you... it will just grow. It has to. Okay. And um, I've I've lost my fifth question. Go on, Mike. You're quick, Not a very quick me. fire round, is it? Well, you interrupted. I, I thought I laid you off for your whole story. Uh, four and five. Uh, first game you ever played? Manhole on the um, Game and Watch. Thank God it wasn't Popples. If you're talking about a uh, console game, Defender on the Atari Two Six Hundred. Popples was incredible. Don't get me started on that. We haven't got enough time. <laughs> and that's how old John is, ladies and gentlemen. You've just answered that question as well. That's a sixth bonus question for you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. I want to say thank you, John, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and uh, jump on the show and uh, talk about our hours. Really interesting. Very, very welcome. It's been great fun to be here. Great stuff. Great stuff. I guess as we always finish the show in in this kind of manner, John, we we normally uh, have a segment at the end where uh, we recommend to our listeners a game they should play this week. Um, 
Okay. We'll start with Mike, so you're not the first one on the list. It gives you some time to think and stall and stuff. But, Mike, have you got a game you want to recommend to our listeners this week? Uh, Well, I I might recommend a game that's a little hint to something I'm working on, and that game would be Doom 64. Actually, way better than uh, I thought it would be. In fact, I'd go as far as to say it's the best out of the classic Doom games. Excellent stuff. Good stuff. I am going to recommend uh, Mega Man X because I've been playing for a lot of the Mega Man games on the collection you got on the Switch at the moment, and I judge Mega Man X like I did all the others because I got got through them very quickly and I uh, I got it wrong for the longest time. So play Mega Man X, but get it a hundred percent. Get everything in the game. It's a lot better when you do that. Go on then, John. You got one for the general public. I'm going to recommend a mobile game. What? In a shock twist. What? Pick him only... up, Mike. Stop him. He's been exposed to Fortnite kids for too long. <laughs> it's the only mobile game I've ever played and enjoyed, and it's Game Dev Story. But good news, you can actually buy it on the Switch. I've seen that on the Switch. Actually, and basically, you you basically make video games, and you have to research them and make games and get reviews, and then you choose the genre of the games, and then certain genres match certain other genres. So if you do an action game and pair it with an RPG game, you get really good review scores if you put enough effort into it. And if you do well, then you can hire um, better developers. And if you do really well, then you can start to research to make your own console. And then you can get into a console war. And all of the consoles and games and things like that that you make, they're all done in that sort of typical 90s, unofficial, suedo, similar type name but not quite the real thing, but sounds like it. Kind comes of in a thing. cartridge with that big um, yellow bolt on the side of yeah. it, like they did on the um, Android like, like the EA cartridges. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, game dev story. It's brilliant. Look it up. Um, you can you can finish the game in probably a few hours. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, again, thanks again for jumping on the show, John, and being a part of Pop Culture Pausecast. Um, I think it's that time again, Mike, like it is every week, where we're going to go and play some bloody games! Yes, definitely. And also, just let you know <laughs> that um, everything OLL related will be in the description of this particular episode. So links to the websites, links to the Discord, all that sort of stuff. So join in on the fun, and uh, it's, it's, it's a great time. You won't regret it. Go buy some bloody tickets, uh, well, lgames.co.uk. Do it. Do it. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to play some bloody games. And uh, we'll hear, we'll be back next week where you can hear us on the next episode of Pop Culture Pausecast. Thanks again for John. Thanks again for Mike. Uh, now I just Thank made you, you the, the co-star there, Mike, because I just took over. And now you oh. sound like my my second in command. Now, I'm the, the, now I'm the bitch. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, this 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 debate will continue later on. But thank you, and we'll see you or speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye.